everybody, it's James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourses Bullets, where I give a bullet point type summary of one topic in woke Marxism you need to be aware of so that we can defeat it. And in this case, we're going to talk about Lysenkoism. Lysenkoism, you have to learn this word. I go around the country, I give talks in in auditoriums and rooms all around the country, and I often ask this question of the audience. Raise your hand if you have ever heard of Trofim Lysenko. And sometimes as many as four or five out of a hundred people raise their hand. Sometimes I think I had a room that had maybe a couple hundred in it where we got maybe 10. Sometimes it's zero. Usually there's one or two, and that's what it looks like. This is unacceptable. We have had redwashed education. You know, you know how critical race theorists and the, the pundits on TV always say, we have whitewashed education in this country that doesn't teach the true history of race. That's a lie. Not only is it just a bald-faced lie, uh, we actually have redwashed education. And calling it whitewashed education, it's covering up for that fact. And redwashed education means we've washed our education in communism. We have bathed our education so that there is no communist history. In my opinion, and I think people need to take this seriously, if we're going to teach so-called honest history, as they say, we must teach anti-communism. We don't have to teach anti-communism explicitly, though I actually think we should, just like we teach anti-Nazism. We only need to really teach the true history of communism, and that's being anti-communist in and of itself. All that has to be all that has to be done is teach its true history. And teaching the true history of communism would cover things that I also ask about in these events that people have never heard of. The Holodomor. People usually have never heard of this. This was the intentional starving of millions in Ukraine under the early Soviet Union. They great leap forward. This was a gigantic failure of a project that Mao Zedong launched in 1958 in China that killed tens of millions of people. They've never heard of these things. Year Zero. This was the name of the project that Pol Pot gave the reset of the Cambodian regime. Uh, they reset their entire calendar and everything with the beginning of the regime to Year Zero. Never heard of it. Three million dead. Uh, these kinds of pieces of history are just not covered, and we don't know about them. And some people will always chime in and say, oh, I've heard of it. Well, good for you. Most of us haven't. I was in my 30s before I learned anything significant about communism, most of which was a study in, you know, self-study, stuff I did myself to learn about it. We aren't covering this adequately. And Trofim Lysenko is one of these characters. Okay, Trofim Lysenko is a very important character. It's going to be very relevant to today, and it's almost impossible to talk about what's happening in our lives without knowing, not necessarily about Trofim Lysenko as a human, but about what we can can and should and do call Lysenkoism, which comes from what he represented more than specifically what he did. So Trofim Lysenko was a Soviet biologist and agriculturalist, which is a painful stretch of both of those words. Soviet is the only one that's true. Um, rather than believing in, just to kind of cover some basic details, rather than believing in Mendelian genetics, he believed in Lamarckian, which is wrong. Uh, we don't have to get into the details of that, but he had the wrong genetic model. So he didn't understand how plants work. He didn't understand how genetics work. He didn't understand how agriculture or biology worked. But he applied Soviet and Marxist theory to come up with a new kind of biology that refuted Western bourgeois biology and agriculture. And they applied this to crops, 
And the result was gigantic crop failures. And pointing out that there was a gigantic crop failure based off of Lysenko's models meant you did Lysenko's models wrong and you got hauled off to Gulag or killed. It didn't get Lysenko in trouble or fired. Dr. Fauci comes to mind. This man was installed and propped up by Stalin. Nobody could disagree with him if other scientists, farmers, uh, biologists, agriculturalists spoke up and said this isn't correct. They were accused of bourgeois tendencies of Western sympathies. They were either silenced or fired or rounded up, sometimes killed, sometimes carted off to the gulags by the hundreds of thousands. And the result throughout the Soviet Union was tens of millions of people dead. Then almost inexplicably a few decades later, Mao Zedong implemented Lysenkoist Soviet agriculture in China and killed tens of millions more. So we are talking about a a program based off of bogus biology and agricultural theory rooted in Soviet Marxist theory that killed easily as many as 10 million and maybe as many as 50 or many more tens of millions of people. Depends on how you decide what killed who and when, because it may have the, the total death counts related to these regimes is in excess of 100 million. These are, this is an insane death count, but it's down to Lysenko alone. You can say tens of millions of people dead. The essence of Lysenkoism has nothing to do with his theories of biology, has nothing to do with his theories of agriculture. Those details are utterly irrelevant. That's why I'm not covering them. You're going to get lost in them. They don't matter. They do not matter. The essence of Lysenkoism is that there is an ideological, uh, a technocratic, political, ideological center of gravity to all science. So all science has to be passed through the official ideological lens. That's Lysenkoism. Okay, and it's Soviet lens. Soviet just means council. So it's a council of stakeholders and experts to decide what the correct science is. The science, capital T, capital S, the science, which Plato called scientia. So the science is Plato's the science come back to roost. It's what Hegel called vernunft, for those of you who follow my work with that side of things. We could give it a lot of names, but it's political technocratic control over what gets regarded as and treated as science, what's given scientific authority, combined with the political and social program to make sure that it gets propped up and all dissidents gets shut down, all contradictory information gets silenced, censored, all people who disagree get silenced, censored, or gotten rid of one way or another. In our world, we are dealing with a rampant outbreak of a number of different kinds of Lysenkoism. I'm going to talk about four three and a half, however we want to number them. But these are the things that are the science. Now, the science today, if we look at either United Nations or World Economic Forum, these kind of huge entities or any of the kind of crap that comes out, this boilerplate that kind of spews out of our world governments, Canadian government, American government, German government, British government, doesn't matter, New Zealand, Australia, pick your favorite country. And these two magic words at the heart of everything are sustainable and inclusive right? Uh, Klaus Schwab's book, The Great Narrative for a Better Future, says that the point is to have a more sustainable and inclusive future. That's the goal, sustainability and inclusion. So under that, one of the branches 
of Lysenkoism we're dealing with today is environmental Lysenkoism. That's the sustainability movement. That's your sustainable development goals, although the other forms are tucked within it. That's climate justice, environmental justice. That's your green revolution, your green new deal, all this crap. This is environmental Lysenkoism. Okay, there is a environmental belief rooted sometimes in uh, Malthusian ideas about the world being overpopulated and that being a catastrophe in the making in climate change models that may or may not be true uh, and how to manage those problems with the green energy revolution, which maybe in the future has something of a promise for us. Elon Musk seems to think, think so, but today it doesn't. And so we're shutting down fossil fuels and we're shutting down uh, travel and we're doing all kinds of things. In fact, the energy sector, which we're, many of us are suffering from now, not just because of the costs, but because of actually limited and restricted access to energy, to grids being defunct, um, not functioning correctly, to generation being messed up. The energy sector is subject to environmental lysenkoism, which can just get tightened and tightened and tightened. This is why they're telling you you need an electric stove and not a gas stove. It's environmental lysenkoism. In the sustainable agenda, transportation and travel is another gigantic sector. This is why you're having these so-called 15-minute zones that they're experimenting with, zero-admission zones. Um, all cars are going to have to become electric is because travel and transport are going to have to become more sustainable. This is environmental lysenkoism. The travel industry itself idiotically, believe it or not, is trying to shift to virtual travel. You don't have to get on a plane or a cruise ship or actually go to Rome. Just put on your metaverse goggles and pretend you went. Uh, th there's a huge push. If you don't know about it, you should go look it up. Virtual travel, travel industry, it's a huge thing. You have the airline industry hamstringing itself on purpose. You have the cruise industry hamstringing itself on purpose. You have the shipping industry hamstringing itself on purpose. You can barely get a car. Car dealerships are getting wrecked. All of these things in the travel and transportation industry and the transport and shipping industries. Why? Environmental Lysenkoism. We have a bogus, sustainable environmental theory of analysis and application practice, you know, future best practices, whatever you want to call it. All of that's being subjected to this environmental Lysenkoist model. There is a correct answer to those questions and everything has to be pulled into line and all science must be passed through the official ideological lens and turned into the science on the issue. This is going to affect movement. This is affecting farming and agriculture. Why do you think they're trying to limit nitrogen fertilizers? It isn't just to starve people or make food really expensive or mess with any of that or mess with supply chains. It's because environmental lysenkoism. That's what the justification is. Foods and foodstuffs themselves, the push to eat bugs, more soy, no beef, less chicken, no meat. Why? Environmental lysenkoism. It's not for your health. It's because it's more sustainable for the environment. That's environmental lysenkoism. You can guess what's going to happen. It's not going to work. And the harder we force it to work and the more people refuse to admit that it's not going to work and then get in trouble for it or put down for it or silenced, the more people are going to die before we come to our senses. Meanwhile, people like Larry Fink, who are pushing the environmental Lysenkoist movement, are investing in foreign countries, say, oil futures and shutting down oil production. And so when the crisis comes and say, oh, no, we need oil. 
guess who owns lots of cheap oil stock that they artificially cheapened? I mean, this is like Nancy Pelosi level stock games. But anyway, environmental lysenkoism. I mean, what's it? It's just going to be a few million people that it kills so that these people can get rich or because they want control or whatever other motivation they have. Then we have medical lysenkoism. I did a whole podcast very early on in my new discourses podcast kind of career is very, um, not as good as it could be because I didn't know these things as well at the time, but we have medical lysenkoism, the most, uh, so ideological, an ideological filter through which all medical science has to get passed through to get turned into the science, the medical science. This is happening in multiple domains. The most obvious is COVID science, pandemic science, vaccine science, public health, those entire domains. Like we don't have to talk about it. We all know this has already probably killed millions. God knows how many more millions it's going to kill with the medical lysenkoism. If they're silencing people saying maybe this treatment's not a good idea, you're you're dealing with lysenkoism. That's medical lysenkoism. And it's already killed millions and it will kill many millions more, many millions more before it stopped. But that's not all that's happening. We have racial CRT medicine going on. Go go look at any major medical journal and see how much of it is racism as a public health threat, systemic racism in medicine, systemic racism this, systemic racism that, CRT this, CRT that. It's all throughout it, prioritizing care based on race. People will get maimed and people will die. This is what's going to happen. It's going to cause rampant distrust in the medical system, as it should. Why? Because we have to uphold the systemic racism narrative of CRT and pass all medical science through that before it can be considered the science. We talk about in that regard, the social determinants of health that uh, applies on into nutrition. Um, see health isn't caused by, you know, decisions that individuals make. It's caused by social factors that are impressed upon people and imposed on people by a system that has to be now manipulated into changing. So when we focus on the social determinants of health, yes, there's a kernel of truth within social determinants of health and circumstances and things like that, but it's being used through these CRT and queer theory and feminist, et cetera, lenses to become a lever for societal remaking in line with an equity and inclusion agenda and sustainability agenda. So that's where the bugs and soy come back in with nutrition and um, our food and foodstuffs and delivery and supply chains, everything. It's all tied into this. This turns out to be another form of medical lysenkoism. Social determinants of health might matter sometimes, but they are not the lens through which we have to focus on all healthcare. Of course, most of our university hospitals and research facilities in medicine are focused entirely or primarily, not entirely, I should say, on social determinants of health and their relevance. In the counseling world, psychological counseling and social work world, those are completely woke. You go to a counselor right now, you have a very high chance you're going to end up with a woke counselor who's going to make you sicker. I'm not even talking about the overprescription of things, of mood-altering drugs like stimulants like Adderall and, and whatever the other ones are, uh, you know, or antidepressants or any of this other stuff. I'm talking about just straight up, you sit down and talk to your counselor. If your counselor's woke, they're probably going to break you. They're going to push you further into psychopathology, not help you heal from it. They're going to make you more depressed and more anxious because their model of the world's wrong. And if it's being passed, again, all science must be passed through the official ideological lens. If they're pushing through equity, inclusion, diversity, woke bullcrap, or even sustainability in counseling and social work, then they're going to do harm rather than good. 
That's medical lysenkoism in those disciplines. And it's rampant. One of the worst ways that it's happening is that they're doing gender-affirming psychological counseling that leads into gender-affirming care. If you show up as a teen who, through whatever exposure, whether it's through entertainment, whether it's through social media, whether it's through grooming online, whether it's through schools, whether it's through grooming at school, whether it's through your gay-straight alliance or gender-sexuality alliance at school, and now you have gender dysphoria for whatever reason. Maybe it's because a six-year little friend's decided you they have gender dysphoria too because they learned it on TikTok. And you show up and you tell a psychiatrist or a psychologist, I, I think I have gender, I think I have gender dysphoria. I think I might be the opposite sex. I think maybe I am actually a boy instead of a girl. A huge percentage of them are going to enter into immediately into gender affirming care. The state of California is trying to make this the standard of care, um, probably among some other states. This is what you do. Oh, somebody has a form of body dysmorphia. The first thing you should do is affirm it. Just like if they had anorexia, you would give them gastric bypass and, and, and liposuction, put them on a diet. You know, tell them to eat fiber supplements or something. This is exactly the opposite of what you would do, except in gender-affirming care. Um, gender dysphoria comes up, and you are to gender-affirm down to the effects of, or down to the point of where the effects come out to chemical castration, sterilization, hormone disruption. God only knows what happens when you start putting people on cross-sex hormones and hormone disruption for long enough. All kinds of sometimes irreversible medical problems, f pharmaceutical patients for life as a result. And then at the you go further. Besides the that that chemical destruction, there's of course a psychological destruction of affirming this delusion and dragging people down its path. But then you end up in the surgeries, and then there's physical. You're cutting off healthy tissue. You're inverting sexual organs or destroying them in the pursuit of gender affirming care. This is medical lysenkoism. It's going to kill and sterilize and maim thousands upon thousands upon thousands, maybe millions of mostly highly vulnerable, often autistic young people. It's the lobotomy of our day or something worse. And it's a form of medical lysenkoism, and it's going to cause destruction. Now, when I said we have four or three and a half, the and a half is gender lysenkoism is more broad than just that. Queer theory and the grooming that's going on around gender ideology, as it gets called, or queer theory and uh, gender criticality, uh, in schools and in entertainment, the this is gender lysenkoism. You're passing all of biology literally now through a lens of queer theory. But even worse, there's a deliberate attempt within queer theory, as I've read on the New Discourses podcast and the Groomer Schools theory uh, or series. I mean, number two, for example, and other papers. There's a deliberate attempt to rewrite to queer, as they call it, child developmental psychology. Why? Because it builds a body of academic literature, just like those fake public health papers, like racism is a public health threat papers. It builds a fake body of literature saying everything we used to think about child developmental psychology is outdated and old. And so we have new standards now. We have a new basis in queer theory. So things that would have been developmentally inappropriate, like sexualizing children, like presenting them with adult not necessarily graphic, but violent, depressing, horrifying, scary, dismal scenes becomes developmentally appropriate under the new developmentally appropriate uh, guidelines written through gender lysenkoist or medical lysenkoist transformations of child developmental psychology to justify literally the psychological destruction of children and whatever else it leads into. So we've got not just environmental lysenkoism and medical lysenkoism, but kind of down within that and more broadly tangentially connected to it. We have gender lysenkoism, but we also have educational lysenkoism 
following. Now, normally that's a little bit of a stretch because we don't normally think of education as a science, but this is exactly how they're characterizing it. But what we're actually being pressed with is this thing called social emotional learning. That's supposed to be the cutting edge science of education that we're going to intervene in kids' social and emotional uh, well-being in order to increase educational outcomes, which look at the evidence. Is it working? They've, they've been implementing this stuff. Is it working? Like nowhere. Every, everything's getting worse. Not only that, the children are coming home depressed, anxious, and screwed up. And the reason is because SEL is brainwashing. And it often works by bringing up age-inappropriate materials. Sometimes that's sexual. Sometimes it's violent. Sometimes it's depressing. Sometimes it's frightening. Sometimes it's scary. Sometimes it's dystopian. Just age-inappropriate materials, hunger, starvation, dying, death, murder, the same kind of stuff literally, and I mean literally, since we're talking about Lysenkoism that they did in the Soviet Union with children. They taught them horrifically grotesque stuff from very early ages. Death, murder, blah, 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 rape, horrible things. Why? Well, they have to destroy childhood innocence as part of it, but because it breaks down the child psychologically, it demoralizes them in a profound way, and then they are more moldable, they can be used, etc., destroying, this is why that child developmental psychology being transformed under a gender slash medical Lysenkoist model is so crucially important to understand. It's not age inappropriate if they change the definition of age inappropriateness. I mean, it is in reality, but it's not here, right? But even further, we did a podcast here, the New Discourses podcast about what we call, what it was titled, it's based off of a UNESCO document titled SEL for SDGs, Social Emotional Learning for the Sustainable Development Goals. This is educational Lysenkoism. The sustainable and inclusive agendas, literally using the educational Lysenkoist SEL brainwashing technique, was deliberately inducing not just discomfort and psychological trauma through sexual, violent, depressing, scary, horrifying, etc. materials, age inappropriate, but deliberately inducing and overcoming cognitive dissonance in a cycle of getting them to accept their role in achieving the sustainable development goals. And SEL is social emotional learning is positioned as being ideal for overcoming that cognitive dissonance and the emotional stress that it brings up. In other words, emotional lysenkoism is designed to make kids crazy while selling itself as the cure for the trauma that they've experienced or are experiencing, or the craziness that they have, the anxiety, the depression, the stress, the violence, etc. It's making kids crazy. Educational lysenkoism will, of course, also lead to deaths if it's making kids crazy because it will lead them to suicides. This is just true, just like with the medical lysenkoism and the gender-affirming gender care. We know where a lot of those end. We've heard the stories. It's not a surprise. You're taking people who are already in a vulnerable population for that. They end up in a dysphoric state, which is a psychotic state. And then they're given false hope that this thing that's actually destroying them is going to cure them. What options do they have left? It's not, it's not a hard thing to put together. But even if it doesn't kill people, this educational asyncosm, it makes them crazy. It makes them unable to grasp the world around them. It makes them fearful. It makes them compliant. It makes them believe they're surrounded by existential crises that they must act on constantly or else the world's going to end. It shows them no hope for the future. It's so dismal and gray. This is educational lysenkoism. So in addition to educational lysenkoism, we have gender lysenkoism, we have medical lysenkoism, we have in the sustainable sustainable development goal agenda, environmental lysenkoism. And these modern or 21st century forms of lysenkoism are no different than the 20th century forms practiced in the Soviet Union and China. And what happened? Well, reality always vetoes Lysenkoism eventually because Lysenkoism is 
a ideological imposition on science. And that means false science, which means getting wrong answers about the world, but the imposition is so strong that nobody's allowed to challenge it, that there's no pathway to correct. There's no limiting principle, but more importantly, there's no corrective at all. But reality always vetoes that which is false. You can only pretend so long, and especially if people are scared to report that something's going wrong, if they can't, if they're canceled, if they're destroyed, if they're humiliated, if they're called racist, if they can't get their things published, if they lose their jobs, there's only one place all of this ends. And the Lysenkoism of the 21st century is already churning out deaths by the millions. Many millions will die. Tens of millions will die. In fact, I suspect over a billion will die, even if we start stopping these things right now. It is absolutely crucial that we understand that what's happening to our sciences, all of the hard sciences are being impacted by all of the woke theory and the sustainable theory, in medicine, in travel, in energy, in transportation, shipping, in farming and agriculture, food and foodstuffs, counseling and social work, nutrition, healthcare, the whole thing. Public health, I think I already said, education, child developmental psychology, all of these things are the 21st century Lysenkoism. We must understand Lysenko and what Lysenkoism represents and that we are in a period of rampant technocratic Lysenkoism yet again and that the result is that when reality vetoes Lysenkoism, millions die. And that's the circumstance we unfortunately find ourselves in. 